It's time for CE Sports with your host, Christian Esparza. Welcome back to CE Sports. Christian Esparza here again with Chevy Blackburn. Yesterday it was AFC predictions. Today we are doing our NFC predictions. Chevy, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, pretty excited after what we uh, talked about yesterday with the AFC. Yeah, it was so much fun. I just I love being back here on the mic. It's been a little bit. Uh, the beginning of the season is always fun just because there's so much speculation. Like it's you get all excited. And then the season comes and it's it's fun when it starts, but it seems like the fun part is just like right before it starts, like like Christmas morning almost. Exactly. It's nothing better. Christmas morning is a great way to put it. So today we're doing NFC. Uh, I had some notes for the AFC before we started yesterday. I've also got some notes again today. Uh, the first note I wanted to make, and we'll talk about it when it comes time, but the Eagles could be really, really deadly this year. Uh, they obviously made the playoffs last season under Jalen Hurts, not performing that well as a passer, but on the ground, he was just deadly. But more importantly, the Eagles made so many big moves this offseason. I think they're not going to have any challenge in their division, really. I think they should win their division pretty easily, and they could make a deep run in the playoffs. So that's first there. Um, the Vikings are a team that should make a big jump under new head coach Kevin O'Connell. Uh, their old guy, Mike Zimmer, he was an older defensive-minded guy. That's not what they needed when they had young young weapons like Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Now it looks like they have the pieces to make the jump and really unlock the potential of that offense. And then the last note I have, uh, all the worst teams in the NFL are going to be from the NFC this year. The yeah. NFC has some pretty bad teams. Yeah, I agree with that one right there, 100%. So uh, we'll get started with the uh, NFC South. Uh, and I'll just start things off right off the bat. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this division, obviously. I have them as the number one seed in the NFC. And this feels pretty rich. It's going to be wrong. But I have them at 15-2 and two right now, 5-1 and one in the division. Wow. Um, their interior offensive line has been decimated by injuries. but they just, I mean, they have so many weapons. It's, they're going to be hard to stop as always. Yeah, and especially in the uh, NFC South because they don't really have tough competition there. They have every team in the uh, uh, NFC South is trying to figure out a quarterback situation. Yeah. You have Jameis Winston with the Saints. That's probably the second best team right now. And he yeah. is coming off of his ACL and then a foot injury in the preseason too. So it's going to be tough. And then you have the Panthers who have three quarterbacks. Two of them have been injured already in Matt Corral and uh, Sam Darnold. So we'll see how Baker does. Right. And then the Falcons have a fresh face too there with uh, Mariota. and Mariota. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just not a good division. And that's mainly because of the quarterback situation on each team. Yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty bad division. So what do you have the Bucks at this year? So I have them at 13 and 4. 
and okay. six and zero in the division, and that puts them six second. Six and zero. Wow. Yeah. I have them five and one. Yeah. I just don't think there's a team that will. I mean, it's any given Sunday, right? But yeah, if we're looking right now, it. I don't think there's a team in their division that will beat them. Yeah, so the Saints swept the Bucks last year, but it is worth noting that's when they still had Sean Payton as the head coach. Yeah. Uh, now they've they've got a new coach over there, so it will be interesting to see. But yeah, I think by far it's pretty agreeable that the Bucks are head and shoulders above the rest in the NFC South. Who do you have second? So for second in the NFC South, I have the Panthers. Actually, I think okay. they have the most talent around on like just both sides of the ball. You have. Yeah. A number one receiver in uh, Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore. And Robbie Anderson, though. They have, or who's that? I like Moore better. I think Moore is, is a much better player. DJ I think Moore. he's. But Robbie think, Anderson is good, too. I think he's just the better all around receiver, but a yeah. big play splash receiver is uh, huge in today's league. So I think he'll be just a key part of keeping them in that second spot. And I have them in division three and three. What do you have their overall record? So they're seven and ten overall. Seven and ten. Yeah. So I have the Panthers at third in the division. I have them at six and eleven. So really similar right there. I have them two and four uh, in the division. So I actually really like the Panthers defense. They have so mm-hmm. many interesting pieces. Brian Burns is one of the best young pass rushers in the league. Uh, they've got J.C. Horn, who looked like a really good corner last year as a rookie, but then he got hurt. Uh, Jeremy Chin as a kind of hybrid safety linebacker. They've, they've got some really, really good pieces defensively. Offensively, we talked about their weapons already. They've got some good guys. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield can come in and be the guy and make it happen. Uh, my biggest thing with the Panthers, honestly... Number one, Baker. I liked Baker in Cleveland when he was healthy. I said yesterday, sometimes I'm a little overly optimistic about things. Maybe I like Baker more than I should, but I think Matt Rule is the biggest question mark in Carolina right now. Uh, I just, I, I think he's going to be one of the first head coaches fired this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's really tough because of the situation he came into with the ownership being brand new and wanting to win now, and they have the money to do that. So they're doing everything they can to get the players that they think they need to win. And it's yeah. just kind of, it's hard as a coach because you don't ever have a consistent, like he hasn't had a consistent quarterback. He's been through right. three or four of them already. Yeah, the ghost of Cam Newton, uh, the ghost of Sam Darnold, the ghost of Cam Newton's ghost. It's Yeah, yeah it's been rough. Uh, so third, well, actually, my second team in the division is the New Orleans Saints. I have them at 7 and 10. I actually have them at 5 and 1 in the division also. So they do really really well inside the division. Um I actually looking at this record now, I think they're going to f- probably win closer to 9 games than 7. I will say I actually don't agree with this prediction. I I should have went back and changed it like I did with some other teams, but I think the Saints are going to be a, a borderline playoff team like they were last year. Uh they looked really really good. Again, they have new head coach Dennis Allen replacing Sean Payton, so that's going to be interesting to watch how that team changes under new, you know, they had Sean Payton forever, and then now they have a new guy. But Jameis Winston looked fine before he got injured. Michael Thomas is coming back healthy. 
Chris Olave should be an electric rookie. I think he's honestly going to be one of the best rookie receivers. Uh, they added Jarvis Landry, uh, Alvin Kamara, depending on his situation. But their defense, their defense always plays well, and they have a lot of older veteran players, and they they just always play really really good. They're a solid, sound defense, and I like I said, I think the Saints are going to contend for a playoff spot this year. I also have the Saints at uh, seven and ten, but they're two and four in the division. I I should probably go back and change that, like you said, because they are a great division team. Um, yeah. They that puts but them at like I said, how much of that was Sean Payton? So we'll we will see. Exactly. And you have, like you said, the new head coach is Dennis Allen, and he's a defensive coach. So it's gonna be an interesting adjustment for the offense. Because one, we're still not do they have a timetable on Kamara when he'll be back yet? He's he was never suspended in the first place. So okay. now it's just more of waiting to see if that happens Mm -hmm. um i've seen some things on twitter a lot of people basically the consensus is that if if he is suspended it probably won't be this season it could be after the season but of course it's a fluid situation um if more information comes out there is a chance he could be suspended at the end of the year but he's definitely in the clear for i mean the first i'll say six weeks i guess at least yeah, and so that offense with Kamara, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas coming back, and he had, we haven't seen him for a few years, so he should be fresh. I mean, he's been through Good. ups yeah. and downs <laughs> with injuries, with just kind of just lingering injuries is what it seems. And then uh, yeah. I like what you were talking about on the defensive side of the ball. They have veterans, and they added uh, Tyron Matthew. I, yeah, they've got good leadership all over. I really mm-hmm. like Demario Davis, too. Um, yes. So, what do you have the Falcons at? So the Falcons, I have them at four, twelve, and one, one and five in the division. Ooh, you predicted a tie. Yeah, there was a couple ties in there, and it was okay. only mainly from the NFC teams. Yeah, I don't think you had any yesterday. Mm-mm. So you had four, twelve, and one. You said. Yeah, and then one and, and five, divi- one and five in one. their division. Uh, division, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have them at two and fifteen. Um, I have them 0-6 in the division. We'll see how it goes. I just I hate their offensive line. Um, I don't like the quarterback situation at all. And I hate their defense. There's just literally the only positive things I can think about this team are Kyle Pitts, maybe Corderell Patterson again, and maybe Drake London. I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to work out. Um, there's a reason that he's been jumping around the league the last few seasons. I just, yeah, there's not much to look forward to for the Atlanta Falcons besides maybe CJ Stroud in 2023. Yeah, that that's the truth right there. Um, and they're just missing so many players. So they, well, not not so many, but a key player in Calvin Ridley. Like, yeah. That's a huge miss for that offense because he's their just true number one. He can be the best route runner on the field at most times and – that separation is huge, especially for a team that doesn't. They, most of their other players are just big box out bodies, like Drake London's yeah, six five, an, Kyle Pitts six. Is Drake London six five? Oh my gosh, I he didn't, is he's six four. Yeah, six four. Yeah, he's he's a big body. Yeah. That. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and even when Calvin Ridley comes back, 
I mean, if you remember last season, he didn't play because he had his leave of absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was struggling with mental issues. And so there was some thought that he was going to maybe request a trade away from the Atlanta Falcons. Who knows? You know, like I said, that was speculation. Maybe the Falcons are the problem. Maybe it's not. I don't know the real situation, but there is a chance that when he comes back from his suspension, he's not even going to want to play in Atlanta anymore. So the Falcons, again, they're going to be one of the worst teams. Uh, Yeah, not much to look forward to in 2022 for Atlanta. Let's go to the NFC East now. And like I said earlier, I I love the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I talked about A.J. Brown a little bit yesterday when we talked about the Tennessee Titans. Now he's on the Eagles, and I I just love this move. He's a big physical boundary receiver that can win a one-on-one matchup against pretty much every corner in the league. And that's not even an an exaggeration. Then they have last year's first-round pick, Devontae Smith, who is probably now one of the better wide receiver twos in the league. Plus, Dallas Goddard is a good tight end. So they have surrounded Jalen Hurts with all of these weapons basically anything he could ask for to succeed. And on top of that, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Defensively, they have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, They added corner James Bradbury to play across from Darius Slay. So two older players, but two smart veteran players. Um, And then they added Hassan Reddick, I believe, as well, to rush the passer. So offensively, defensively, uh, oh, and rookie Jordan Davis, too that big defensive tackle from Georgia. So yeah, the Eagles just have so many excited pieces, exciting pieces. I have them at 13 and four, four and two in the division, the number two seed in the entire NFC. I think they're going to be a, a dominant force this year. So you have them as your number one, right? In the East? Yeah, they're, they're the number one team in the NFC East. All right, so I actually have the Cowboys for my number one at 13 and four in the East. Four and two okay. in the division, but the Eagles aren't too far behind them. Uh, the reason I have the Cowboys up there is because they really didn't lose anyone, and everybody is expecting them to fall back because of that. Yeah, but they are. They still have a great re- number one receiver in CD Lamb. They have Michael Gallup who will be coming back. I believe he's not on the pup list, so it could be any time to start the season. Yeah, and you have a great offensive line. Obviously, uh, Tyron Smith going down is pretty tough because that's their key position left tackle right there. And they had a young defense last year that was really, really good. I mean, they gave up yards and stuff like that, but they created so many turnovers. I I just think the Cowboys are kind of underrated going into this year. And yeah. that's hard to say because Cowboy fans never let them be overrated going into this year. Or this so season. what? What did you have the Eagles record at? So I have the Eagles just behind them at 12-5. and five, And they're actually 6-0 in the division. And the reason I have them 6-0 in the division is because I don't think any team in that division has a defense that can stop that offense. As yeah. long as that offense plays as they should. Like, they have a great hybrid quarterback who can throw the ball, just didn't really have... I don't think he really had the reps going into that year. And his rookie year was just, I kind of felt bad for him because it was a weird situation with Doug Peterson and everything like that and him coming in and out of games. Yeah. It was just not a good a good year for him. But last year he showed that 
he has he the showed potential. improvement by far. Yeah, he he showed a huge improvement from his rookie to his sophomore year, and I'm just really excited to see his third year, especially with all the pieces they have around him. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I might, you know, I'm gonna cheer for the Eagles in a few games this year. Um, I have the Cowboys at 11 and six. I have them as the a wild card playoff team, sixth seed in the NFC. Um, I have them finishing five and one in the division. My thing with the Cowboys is they lost Amari Cooper, which is not a huge deal. Um, CD Lamb definitely has the potential, but now we actually get to see if he truly can be that number one wide receiver because he definitely has shown flashes, but now it's just time for him to, you know, step up and show out. And I'm not saying that like there's any reason to doubt that he can do it, but it is a question mark right now. Um, and then, like you said, Michael Gallup. There isn't an exact timetable on his return from injury yet, so that's that's going to be huge. And yeah, that offensive line is scary because they they keep losing dudes in and out. Yeah. Um, and then defensively, I like what Dan Quinn does. They had a really good defense last year. They were able to create a lot of pressure with Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory kind of stunts there and things like that. I do think the defense is going to regress, though, because... They just looked way better than they should have. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I, like I said, I think the Cowboys are going to be a wild card playoff team. I just I don't think they have any top end talent to match what the Eagles have right now. I'd agree with that. I think the Eagles definitely have more set in stone players. Like they they've proven themselves, right? Yeah. And there's kind of like ups and downs with especially at running back for the Cowboys. It's it's been hard for like them to just keep using Zeke and Pollard played really well last year as their second back in the stable. And I think their stats were almost exactly the same. Like they were pretty dang close. I believe Pollard actually averaged more yards per carry, but I'm interested to see because Jerry Jones said that Zeke's going to be the feature back this year. Again, I want to see how that affects it because when he is rolling, it is hard to stop that team. And Dak is just in a different zone when he has a running back he can truly like lean on. I think their biggest X factor is how well Zeke Elliott can play. Because, yeah, it's if he is playing like we all know he can, then, yeah, that that offense runs through a completely different identity. So we'll see there. Next up in third place, I have the Washington Commanders. I have them as the 12th seed in the NFC. So they're going to miss out on the playoffs. Uh, five and twelve overall, two and four in the division, and it it sucks. I like Ron Rivera as a coach. I like Terry McLaurin. I just I I'm not a Carson Wentz believer anymore. Um, last year Parker and I on this show would always talk about, you know, Carson Wentz is way better than people give him credit for, and people just hate on him and blah 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 blah. At the end of the day, he flamed out and he lost some games for the Colts, and that missed the playoffs for them. And I think it's gotten the point now he's been traded so many times. It's just when that happens, that ruins a player's psyche. He's on his third team in three years. He's he's done. And I just I don't see any hope for Washington. Uh, defensively, Chase Young is still struggling with injuries. And their defense was supposed to be insanely good last year. They came out and they were severely underwhelming. And I don't think that's going to be much better this year. So, yeah, 5-12 and 12 for Washington. Yeah, I have Washington just barely not making the playoffs. And it was kind of hard because it's after you get out of the top teams in the NFC, it's just like 
those top five teams, it's yep. a big drop off, drop off after that, in my opinion. Yeah. It, so it's have, an insanely top heavy conference. Yeah. So I have them at eight, eight and one and two and four in the division. The reason I have them there is because I just don't think that the offense will live up to the expectations that people continue to put on wins. I just don't, yeah. like you were saying, I think he's kind of flamed out. I don't think, it, like you said, it's really difficult to go through three teams in three years. Who do you, I mean, obviously we know who you have last in the division. What do you have the Giants as? So I have the Giants at 2-14-1, and 0-6 in the division. I, does, I, they have Saquon, and that's about it, in my opinion. I really don't think they... I mean, they have a pretty decent defense. Their defense has been playing pretty well the past few years. They've just struggled with Daniel Jones at quarterback, and I just don't think he is the quarterback for them. So you said 2-14-1? Yeah. So I have them 2-15. and 15. Um, one and five in the division they are the 15th seed in the nfc that's second from the bottom and yeah it's interesting they have brian dable coming in from buffalo to be the head coach and at first i was really really excited about this move because yeah they have tons of weapons they've got really really good receivers saquon barkley is talented we just haven't seen it in the last couple years um but throughout the summer throughout training camp and stuff like that I just have not heard very many good things about Daniel Jones. It sounds like he has not been playing very well. I thought Brian Dable would be able to kind of unlock his potential, especially as sort of a dual threat quarterback. Like Daniel Jones is way more athletic than a lot of people realize. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. And that is really, really weird to say. And you look at what Dable had in Buffalo with Josh Allen and it's like, okay, well, why can't, you kind of have Daniel Jones rely on his legs in the same way that Josh Allen does sometimes. And maybe it'll happen. Um, we haven't seen them play in an actual game yet, so maybe it'll happen. But I just, as a passer, Daniel Jones just does not have it right now. And yeah, they have very talented receivers and they, they struggle to stay healthy. And that's been a thing for what feels like the last 10 years. You think of Victor Cruz, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, uh, and then now Kadarius Tony is in and out of injury. Kenny Galladay is a big waste of money. <laughs> anyway, they they have some good pieces on defense. I will give them that. And but you know, first time head coach Brian Dable, two and fifteen. I don't think they're going to be much better than that. I think, I think they're going to be pretty bad. Yeah, I I agree one hundred percent with that. So let's go to NFC West now. Who do you have winning this division? I have the Rams at twelve and five and five and one in their division winning this i just think that i don't think they'll be complacent after the super bowl especially with aaron donald was going to retire yeah that's so crazy to me. so it's he wouldn't just come back like he said this too in interviews and everything he wouldn't just come back to a situation that he doesn't feel like can win another super bowl because that's all yeah. that matters to him now because he's accomplished everything else you can at that position now. So what seed does that give them? So in in, their... in the NFC as a whole? Yeah. So that puts them in third in the NFC as a whole at 12 and 5. Cool. That's exactly what I have as well. I have 12 and 5, 5 and 1, 3 seed. So yeah, not much to say that you didn't already. Um, Matthew Stafford has been dealing with what's basically pitcher's elbow. Um, but I don't think that's going to be something to necessarily worry about. Maybe it will be. 
sometime down the season, but I don't think it's something to worry about right now. They added Allen Robinson, who is going to be a huge factor in the passing game. Not Lots of people are realizing how big of a weapon Allen Robinson can still be, of course, to go alongside Cooper Cup. So Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, that's a good duo of running backs there. Defensively, you've got Aaron Donald. You've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got what you need to succeed there in L.A. So, yeah, I think they're, they're going to win that division. Number yeah. two in this division, NFC West, I have the San Francisco 49ers at 10-7. and seven. I have them going 3-3 three and three in the division, and they're going to sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed. I don't think Trey Lance is a huge downgrade as far as a weapon on the offense from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, we'll see as far as the decision-making and the accuracy and things like that, but he's a talented dude. He, he's a very, very talented runner. He's got a huge arm. I think he can make it work. Their defense is always nasty. Uh, plus, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Trey Lance is who he wanted. So I, I think this is going to be a fun team. How do you feel about San Fran? So I actually have San Fran at 7-10. and 10. I really just don't know how well it will be with Trey Lance yet because Although we can like unlock another part of that Niners offense, which they can definitely be in the playoffs. I it's just an if things happen type of situation. Yeah, that is tough. So that will be one thing worth noting is Trey Lance is basically a rookie because he played collegiately at North Dakota State, an FCS school. And granted, they are year in and year out the best FCF school. Compared to all the, you know, the Alabamas and the big FBS schools, you know, the best FCS school still can't compete with those guys. So Trey Lance is going to have, and that was in 2020 as well. He did, I believe he did not play in 2021. So it's just going to be a big learning curve for Trey Lance, even with sitting out all of last season and trying to learn as much as he can under Jimmy Garoppolo. There's going to be a big learning curve. So yeah, they have, they definitely do have a very wide range of outcomes probably the widest range of outcomes in the league. Obviously, if he ends up hitting, they're going to be a playoff team. And if he flames out, then they're screwed. Yeah, and they've already basically like just set in stone. And I like how the Niners are doing it. They're being completely honest with the players. They're like, this is Trey Lance's team now. So yeah. they're completely out on Garoppolo like, as a whole. So that you don't really have a backup who can come in and just replace like you did with right. Trey Lance last year when Garoppolo was out and stuff like that. So, so I have as my third team in this in this division, I have the Arizona Cardinals. I have them going nine and eight, um, four and two in the division. I think they're gonna miss out on the playoffs. And it's tough because I like Kyler Murray decently. Um they have some good receivers. They actually have a pretty good defense under Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. But I don't like Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. And he's been notorious, even going back to his time as a, as a college head coach. He's notorious for having bad second halves of the season. And that's always been a thing. So that's going to be worth monitoring this year. Um, and I think there's a chance that Kingsbury could be fired. Maybe not during the season, but I think there's a big chance, especially if they miss, if they miss out on the playoffs. I think Kingsbury could be gone. Yeah, I and agree you look with that. At, you look at all these other middle-of-the-pack teams in the NFC, you know, the Saints, the Cowboys, uh, even the Vikings. There's there's a real chance that the Cardinals are going to miss out on the playoffs. And yeah, if that happens, then Kingsbury's gone. Yeah, I have the Cardinals at second in their division, and it puts them sixth 
in the entire NFC at 10 and 7 and 5 and 1 in the division. I feel like they're just going to split with the Rams. And I think that the missing D hop for, is it four games or six games to start the I season? I think D hop has gone for six. So six games to start the season. I feel like that's going to be their Achilles heel. If D hop has a full season with them, I feel like that team will be a great team. Like I think they have yeah. the talent around that Kyler to do that. And Kyler, I'm not super high on him either. I think he's a good quarterback. I just want to see like consistency from him because yeah. not only does Cliff Kingsbury kind of fall off towards the end of the season. So does that, Kyler Murray. So does Kyler Murray. And it's almost like that whole team does. It's like yeah. the whole team kind of just takes a step back and kind of gets too comfortable because it's they really weird because it's happened the last two years. Yeah. And they've, they've been like, just look like the best team in the league. The first at times eight to and ten they, weeks, yeah, yeah. Then they fall apart. What do you what have the Seahawks at? So I have the Seahawks at three and fourteen, one and five in the division, and they're ranked fifteen out of sixteen in the NFC. Okay, yeah, I have them two and fifteen, uh, oh and six in the division. I have them at thirteenth in the NFC. Man, their quarterback situation is tough now, and it's funny being a Broncos fan. Seeing the way that all these Seahawks fans are treating Russell Wilson now, I shouldn't say it's funny. It's it's sad. Like yeah. all these Seahawks fans just completely have turned on Russell Wilson, talking about oh he's not that good, blah 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 blah. They're in for a a life check, I guess, a reality check when Geno Smith is going to have to trot out under center for all seventeen games. And Geno Smith had a fine what was it four games last year for Seattle, but bad quarterbacks. Bad offensive line, uh, decent running backs, pretty bad defense overall. Like I said, slightly underrated, but they're not good. I just, yeah, they're going to be tough. They're going to get pushed around, especially in this division. Um, I think this is going to be Pete Carroll's last year once he realizes they can't compete. There's no sense in keeping around a 90-year-old head coach, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like you are saying, so running back, they lost Chris Carson. He retired. So that's a huge hit, especially with the offensive line that they have because he was seemed to be the only running back that could create anything with the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and then you and have... The Rashad rec- Penny did have a good stretch of games last year. And fantasy, Twitter, lots of people love Rashad Penny, but I want to come out here and say that there's a reason that Rashad Penny didn't do anything for the first three and a half years of his career. And then all of a sudden he has this good like five game stretch, but it's like he's already 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take the three and a half year sample size or the five game sample size, you know? Yeah, but exactly. I, ju- I just wanted to throw that out on Rashad Penny. <laughs> yeah, and I really don't think Tyler Lockett and DK will do as good without Russell Wilson. No, I and I'm interested to see that. again when Geno Smith started those four games last year, DK Metcalf had his best games of the season. So I think DK Metcalf is going to be fine. Um, I think there's still a pretty good chance he goes over 1,000 yards and maybe seven or eight touchdowns, maybe. But I think Tyler Lockett is going to really, really suffer. I think Tyler Lockett is going to have the worst season of his career. Um, Without Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett is going to be just another fast guy in the league. Yeah. And that's kind of a bold take, but we'll see. So, so let's go to the NFC North right now. Um, I have the Packers winning this division at 12 and 5, 5 and 1 in the division. 
uh, I have them as the fourth seed in the NFC. I will say, before we go too deep into this division, I think the Vikings and Packers could go either way as far as winning the division. It's it's looking really, really close right now. But, Ooh, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... I think, you the, think Packers, the Packers are going to win it handily. I think the Packers have the best defense in the league this year. They and I, I agree with that. I love the Packers defense. I think if, especially if Jair Alexander is healthy, they oh, yeah. have a defense that can stop any offense in the league. But my thing with with Green Bay, on one hand, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, back to back MVP in Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and then you have two really good running backs in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So that's good. The bad is, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers' back-to-back MVP was this close to retiring last season and basically had to be coerced to come back with the biggest contract ever given out. And if he would have known that Devontae Adams was going to be traded away, I can almost guarantee that Aaron Rodgers would not have come back. So you've got this guy who is basically considering retirement. I think he's done after this year, and he has no receivers. I think Alan Lazard is fine. I think Romeo Dubs could be a breakout candidate as a rookie, Mm -hmm. but they're nowhere near the talent of Devontae Adams. No. So I think their their passing offense, even though they have Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to struggle through the air. Um, Maybe not struggle is the word compared to what they have been under Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a completely different type of offense than we've seen. Um, They're not going to run through Aaron Rodgers anymore. They're going to run through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And so because of that, they're just not going to be as potent of an offense. Yeah, I think what they'll end up doing is really using uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones more as the as a slot receiver. Yeah, I like because that. Because I think he's a really great uh, pass catching back. And I think that A.J. Dillon is a great stable for him. He doesn't, he's a bigger person, so he won't get injured. And he uh, picks it up towards the end of the season, especially since they play in a colder state. Yeah. I mean, most of them, most of their division does. Like that, you have green, you have Wisconsin, oh, yeah, does. you have Minnesota, you have Chicago, and you have Detroit. They're all outdoor fields except for Minnesota. What do you have as Green Bay's record? So I have them at eleven and six, and five and eleven one. And div- six. Yeah, I have them at eleven and six, five and one in in their uh, division. And what do you have the Vikings at? So I have the Vikings at nine and eight, and four and two really? in their division. I think it's going to be kind of hard. There's been a lot of just. For Kirk Cousins, it's kind of it's probably a little tough because when your head coach comes out and says, "Oh, well, we don't have a Mahomes or a Brady," it's like, "Yeah, well, I'm here and I've done right, really good for you guys." You know yeah. what I mean? He's never been he's never really had an offensive minded coach, and that's what you were talking about as well. I feel right. like I feel like like you were saying it could go either way with them or Green Bay. Minnesota's issue is their secondary. Um, Their corners are big question marks. They've got some talent that definitely could step up and play, but they're far from being a guaranteed thing. Uh, Same thing with their their safeties. Harrison Smith, obviously, has been one of the best safeties in the league for almost his entire career, but he's getting up there in age. And they drafted the the dude from Georgia, Lewis Sign or Seen. I don't know exactly how to say it, but he could be a big piece. I I think their, their secondary is a little weak. But like I said, when it comes to Green Bay not having Devontae Adams and not having those big receiving threats anymore, 
that's huge for Minnesota as far as competition. Um, Minnesota did add Zadarius Smith, though, who with Daniil Hunter, I think they're going to be a scary pass rush. That's that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. Um, I just think their their offense is going to take huge jumps from what we've seen. Like I said, Mike Zimmer and his staff didn't really know how to utilize these guys. They've got all these weapons. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are both top five players at their position in the league. So I, I'm I'm excited, and I'm biased maybe a little bit because my mom's from Minnesota. Uh, I've been to a couple Vikings games, but I, I I'm I'm excited to see how they do. I think they're going to make a big jump. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I have Minnesota at eleven and six, four and two in the division, and the fifth seed in the NFC. So yeah, they're they're still the seventh seed, just barely making it into the wild card round. I just like I said, they can go either way. Them or the Packers can go either way. I. I just think when you have Aaron Rodgers overall, overall nine and eight, nine and eight. Yeah. Nine and eight, four and two in the division. Who do you have third? So third, I actually have Chicago at four, really four and 13 and third. I think the lions and they're just never good. It's, it's tough. And because you don't know, like they've always had, all right, well, we have this draft, and this is going to be, like, really good for our team. And I feel like this year's draft oh, first yeah, round is... yeah, they always have is, a top-five pick. Yeah, and I feel like this year's draft, they actually did a great job getting guys in there. I feel like Hutchinson, or Aiden Hutchinson's is just... He'll be one of the best pass rushers and just defensive ends. Yeah, because uh, Talk about Chicago, though. Why do you have them at, at four wins and third in the division? I think that they're just... Barely better than the Lions. I feel like their quarterback position is a bit better than how the Lions are. I don't yeah. really trust in Goff, like at all. I don't think right. he's the best quarter. Like, I don't think he's a starting quarter or quarterback caliber. And I feel like Justin Fields will take a little bit of a leap. The only problem, and it's, it seems like it's been their problem the past two or three years, is that offensive line. Yeah, there's just uh, so I have. No help. I have Chicago at 0 and 17. <laughs> and that's, I'll say right now, that's wrong. Um, they're going to win a couple games if that. I do think, though, between the Bears, the Falcons, the Giants, and the Seahawks, one of those teams is going to be the worst team in the league. And I think the Bears have a really good shot at being the worst team in the league. Yeah. Aside from Justin Fields, there's nothing on that offense, nothing at all. Darnell Mooney is more of a wide receiver two than a wide receiver one. That offensive line is bad. Shout out to Braxton Jones. But that offensive line is bad. The defense is old and aging, and they have big holes everywhere. Uh, I just I see no hope in Chicago. I think Justin Fields is going to be running for his life on every single drop back. And there's a a good chance he's going to end up getting hurt. And it sucks to say that, but behind such a bad offensive line that's that's not that's not good at all so i i should say oh and 17 does feel wrong to say they're gonna win a couple games but they're still i think there's a very good chance that the bears are, are the, the worst, worst team. team in the league yeah which is interesting because you look at the top prospects next year cj stroud bryce young or i guess there is will anderson from alabama i guess i think the bears are gonna land will anderson because they have justin fields i think he could be the franchise quarterback. So I think they're yeah they're gonna be a bad team they're gonna end up with with Will Anderson next year, 
Yeah, it. They're just those two teams, like Chicago and Detroit. They're both teams that have a rich history, but haven't shown anything in recent years. So like, I uh, have Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take some of these wins and give them to Chicago. I have Detroit at nine and eight. Oh wow! And oh. maybe I've just liked Hard Knocks a little too much. Um, but I think Dan Campbell has been great for the culture in Detroit. So the Lions finished last year as 3-13-1. But my thing with Detroit is they were in so many more games than they should have been. Mm-hmm. Like they had so many games where they had no business being close. And then you look at the talent they added this year. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson is a great edge rusher. I think he's going to be huge for that defense. Jamison Williams is going to be hurt, um, but he'll come back once he's, I think, week five after that pup list ends. So, and then Amon Ross St. Brown was huge for that offense last year. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, they added DJ Shark. I think there there are some pretty big holes on defense. Like I said, they're probably going to be closer to seven wins than nine, definitely. Nine feels pretty, pretty rich, but I think the Lions are really similar to Jacksonville as far as they just have... They've had so many recent top five picks. It's like this has to turn into something eventually, you know? And I think this is going to be the year for for Detroit. Like as far as seeing this rebuild turning into something, this is going to be the year. Yeah, and like you were saying, Detroit was, I didn't even think about it, but they were in a lot of games where they lost by just a field goal. Like, Yeah. I believe it's a handful. And that Dan Campbell as a coach. So that, I probably will adjust them a little bit. I don't think it'll be seven or eight, but I'll give them probably about like five or six. Yeah. I think that's a good that number. I think that they, they have, it's tough because they always have young talent. They, no matter yeah. what, they always have young talent because of their picks and their situation. So, that's, so it'll be wrap tough. things up my, my playoff seating for the NFC. I have the Buccaneers at number one, the Eagles at number two, the Rams at number three, the Packers at number four, the Vikings at number five, the Cowboys at number six, and the 49ers at number seven. So two teams from each division, except for the NFC South, which only has one team. But again, the the Saints are going to be really close. Mm-hmm. If Baker Mayfield works out, the, the Panthers could be fighting for maybe a wild card spot. I think, uh, honestly, the Cardinals are going to be close. I think the Saints and the Panthers will be an interest. Like, those two teams will be interesting to watch. I think either of them will get the wild card spot, though. I just, How does your playoff seating look? I have the Cowboys are one, which I really don't agree with. I re- really like the the uh, Bucks to be number one, so I'll just put them number one in my head because <laughs> they have the same record and everything. And right, I'm not sure it must have been Cowboys one one against them or something. And then Tampa Bay, so yeah, Tampa Bay one, and I'll put Cowboys two. And then three, I have the Rams. I feel like they'll just kind of. Kind of plateau a little bit because they didn't really add much except for Robinson, Allen Robinson, their wide receiver. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like if teams game plan better for them, if it's going to be really similar to the same offense as last year. So they're three, and we got four with the Packers, who are eleven and six. And like I said, these the two in the uh, NFC North Earth could go back and forth. It could either be the Packers winning the division or the Vikings winning it. But yeah. I do have the Eagles right after them at five. At, at five, 
which with a record of 12 and 5. So six would be the, it is the Cardinals at 10 and 7. And then my seventh seed would be the uh, Vikings, 9 and 8. So yeah, pretty much the same playoff teams. And like we said, there's going to be some some interesting fights for that last wild card spot. It's going to come down to who stays the healthiest, I think, definitely. But that's it for our playoff rankings. Uh, AFC, we recorded yesterday. I just op- uploaded that. Uh, and then NFC, we're going to get these uploaded online. So Chevy, thank you so much. We're going to get you on here soon. I don't know exactly what sort of schedule we're going to have in the next coming weeks, but we'll get you on hopefully once a week or once every other week. Already sounds at good. Most. Sir. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And everybody, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Chevy Blackburn, Christian Esparza, and we'll see you next time.